Let's not be like the man by the pool who will say it's because I don't have anyone. I don't. How will you position in life to the point that you don't have anyone when in the same Bible we saw another man who had an infirmity and he had four friends who could carry him and you know, tear the roof of somebody's house, they must have made up their mind if we're going to pay for the roof, we'll pay. Any price is good enough for a friend. Then how will you live your own life, live a disconnected life where nobody's willing to help you? It's not the people, it's you. Yeah. It's not the people, it's you. There's a way to live your life that if you need help, 10 people will rise up. There's another way to live your life that you will be alone because you have never been concerned about other people. Yeah, I was speak, speaking somewhere last week and I said, this world is configured in such a way that it's always asking us, don't show me your need, show me your seed. Yeah. The world, the, the ground is always speaking to every individual. Don't show me your need, show me your seed. There's providential power and help that has been configured into the earth that when a seed is dropped in it, the seed will sprout. The heart does not incubate need, it incubates seeds. Are you still with me today? That's how this world is configured. It has been written in the constitution of the universe that whenever seed falls on good ground, it will bring forth. Yeah? So this is not, but some people carry bags of need. That's what they carry and work with it. And anywhere they go, they want to drop their need. And the ground is saying, don't show me your need, show me your seed. If you are a seed sower, somebody who blesses other people, when you get into any kind of trouble, they show up. Yeah? You will find one or two that will still be faithful. Like the friend of the paralytic who took him to Jesus. And uncovered somebody's roof. And when Jesus looked at him, he looked at their faith, not his faith. The man did not have any faith. But the faith of his friends, that was what he looked at. And he said, son, carry your bed and go home. Yeah. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Tell your neighbor, ditch your excuses. Yeah. Let me... I have just two more. The next one is a mediocre leader who will not inspire other people over analysis things. It's not given to action orientation. Yeah, to take action. Take action. Take action. Yeah. To look at situation and say, let me just take one action. Yeah. You will not be celebrated for sitting down. Even if you fail, you just learn one way not to do it. Yeah. You will be celebrated, celebrated for the actions that you took that succeed. But sometimes you tell your story of failure, and people will still celebrate you. Yeah. That's why you must not sit over analyzing, but sit there or stand up and do something. That's what inspires people around us. I've had many people that God has placed around me the last eight years. The actions that we took, the things that we did were the things, I mean, uh, people come around us sometimes and say, what, what, it's like, what are you drinking? Or what are you smoking? Why did you decide to do this? But it's just action. We just go, and God just blesses it. Because of time, let me take the, the, the last one. 
A mediocre leader who will not inspire other people is hypocritical and lives a lie. Yeah. Notwithstanding your level of dexterity with words, whether as a preacher or as a speaker or any kind of leader or how you know to manipulate things to make things work, when people sense hypocrisy, it deflates the power of inspiration. It destroys the power of inspiration. So when somebody is a mediocre leader and wants to inspire, what happens is that his hypocritical life will destroy the power of inspiration. People come around you and see you, you know, you look inspirational, you, you, you know, but when they see the hypocritical life around you, can I tell you one thing? You know, I said I'll say a few things. My pastor is not perfect, but there's no hypocrisy around him. Yeah. When they say, see, one of the things you can use to inspire people the most in your life is to love them genuinely. Yeah. When you make mistakes, people know it's a mistake of the head, not of the heart. Because they're two different things. A mistake of of the head is like error of omission. A mistake of the heart is, it comes out of the configuration of your heart. You know, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart. Uh -huh. Yeah. When evil is there, evil will come out. But when you just make a mistake of the head, people know they, they can excuse you. One, one thing that inspires me the most about my pastor is the fact that he loves genuinely. Yeah. He loves genuinely. Uh, for you to give somebody an advice and they're second-guessing your advice is that they don't trust you. When my pastor gives me an advice, you can go to bed with it. You know that that's what he would do if he's in that situation. Yeah. And you've seen him do many things. I mean, today, this morning, I called him, call him an international apostle. <laughs> when I met Pastor Sam, I was a teenager. And he, he was also in his mid-twenties. <laughs> As a young man. And the things that he said then are coming to pass now. The inspirational value is of, of the, the of, well, you know, it's, it's off the charts. When you see somebody say things and they come to pass, and you see the actions that they take, you see there's no hypocrisy. In Joshua chapter 7, you read the story of Achan. You know, when somebody is hypocritical and lives a lie, you know what happens? They are disconnected from real life. Achan went and stole the Babylonian garment. He forgot that, like they say in my language in Yoruba, the thief that stole the trumpet of the king, where is he going to blow it? Yeah. Is he not in this same town? Trumpet that belongs to the king, where are you going to blow it? It means that something is wrong with you here. When you see the trumpet of a king, if it's coins or gold, anybody can own gold. But the trumpet of the king, you have to be beside yourself to carry it. You carry Babylonian garment to Israel. Which party are you going to wear it to? Are you hearing me? Yeah. When leaders live a hypocritical life, you look like an Achan. What do they do to Achans? They stone them. 
That's why some people stone their leaders. Because you come and tell them something and you're doing something else. Yeah. And you think they are blind. They are not blind. They're going to see it. Israel wasn't blind. When they saw the Babylonian government, they said, Achan, we will stone you. Joshua said, pack the, everything on top of his head and stone him. Because of the sin of Achan, Ai, one of the smallest countries, dealt with Israel's 30,000 army. They dealt with them. They beat them. Yeah, seriously. To the point that they knew that something was wrong with us. Yeah. yeah. For a small country to have, and then they asked God. God said, uh, you carried what you're not supposed to carry. And then the hypocritical person there, Achan, was fished out. Achan was disconnected from reality. Any leader that lives hypocritically is disconnected from the realities of this world. In rounding off today, intentional living is very pivotal. The journey from mediocrity to excellence doesn't happen by wishful thinking. Wishful thinking yields fruitless seeds or fruitless dreams. That's what happens when you stay with wishful thinking. And success is not like rain. It doesn't fall on the wise and the foolish alike. It chooses who to shower. Yeah. It chooses who to shower. Excellence follows intentionality. So you must be intentional about moving from mediocrity to excellence. Two things, and I'll take my seat. I read from John Maxwell, for instance, how to be extremely intentional. John gave two examples. One, he met a man by the name Kurt many years ago. Who told him, I can sell you a personal development module and you can become more intentional about your life. And John said he bought it for $695 and that was his monthly salary. He had to hold a meeting with his wife before they could pinch money together to buy it. So when he got it, he said, is this what I'm paying? Six ninety-five for you know some some of some of us will pick up books. And you say, is this what I'm paying this amount for? Maybe you are here today. Since you came here, you have not gotten one material from any of the speakers. Don't say, is this what I'm paying? John said, I picked up that material and I sat down with it and I started to work on it. That was his first journey in intentional living, setting a goal for his life and working through the material that the guy gave him. He gave a second example. He said he had 10, at a point, he, he became a pastor of a church in their denomination. And he said, can I sit with 10 of the pastors of the largest churches in America and see what I can learn from them? He said he wrote a letter to all the 10. I need 30 minutes of your time, and I'm going to give you $100. Two responded, only two. And he said, himself and his wife, they saved money. They went to meet the first one. 30 minutes. said, at the end of 30 minutes, I handed an envelope for $100. He had prototype questions that he was asking them. Yeah. He said, but when he finished with the first one, he asked him, do you know any of these people? He said, I know this one, I know this one, maybe two of them. Can you help me tell them to give me 30 minutes like this? To cut a long story short, he used the two to get the eight. Because he eventually sat with all the 10 topmost pastors in America and got something from their mind. That's how to be intentional. While I served there at this Christian Center, I told you before, 
My pastor makes us to set goals at the beginning of every year. You will see his own goal. I don't know, I'm sure he still has that diary. There was one diary that he will carry, you know, the goal of last year into it, set a new one. In fact, a point, he had a 20-year plan that he was following. He was very intentional about his life. And that's very inspirational for me. When I sat beside him there sometimes during service, I will be peeping like this to see as he's writing, <laughs> he's writing his offering. He has a minimum offering level. He won't give below that amount in any service. And if he preach five services, he will give exactly the same amount in each service. I'll just sit down and say, what kind of human being is this? <laughs> because I'll calculate the amount, total amount, and I'll be like, God, man, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I'll say, okay, I will take it at my own level. So if he wrote a check for 10000 I can do two. And I'll also do my own two like that, all through the service. I'm still doing it up to today. Yeah. 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 That's how you can be intentional about your finances. You don't tell people to give without giving. Yeah. Intentional. When you, let me say this last one. When you open my pastor's diary, you will see intentionality spread out. Because you will see that, you know, this is, um, this is November, right? The vacation of next year is already finalized with the date, with his family, just the five of them, to go somewhere and relax and bond. Some of us... Uh, <laughs> You have done every other thing. You know, I say, hey, so when can we even have time for vacation? Say, and my, people have taken all the time. My diary is full. His own is done before the year started. Can I shock you a little more? Sorry, sir. Just 30 seconds. <laughs> the, <laughs> this one also amazed me. The time, the midterm of the children, the assessment week, is marked out in my pastor's diary. When David was still in primary school, pastor would say, I need to teach David mathematics, you know, and all that. This is assessment week. I can't take administration this week. I have to be home these three or four days. So, if you hear that Sophie is a barrister at law, LLM, and all that, it did not fall from heaven. It's intentional work. Yeah. Pasonike will go everywhere looking for school. She's the only one that I know that will go to four or five schools to choose one. <laughs> to choose a good school for the child. Very intentional because they know what they want. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pray. I have a picture there. Can you put that up for me? Can you put that picture up for me so I can pray and go? If you can't, please. Yeah. Just one picture, and I'm going to pray. You see, this day, this was a little over eight years ago. My wife and I were here on this altar. Yeah. Those are my daughters. That first one is now a teenager. Between that eight years and today, there are many things that have come out of our lives that people celebrate. Are you still with me today? 
when I was prayed for, and we were prayed for that day, what happened was that power was released to activate all the inspiration that we have received from here. Yes. Yeah. And that's what brought us to where we are today and keep, keeping us to see what is ahead of us. I want you to rise on your feet. Yeah. You can't be here at this ELC where grace is flowing in this place of inspiration and revelation knowledge where grace is flowing. Wherever you are from all around the world, I just want you to say a prayer that Father, fire my spirit up. Help me to be inspired, to catch new vision, new dreams, to multiply what you are doing in this house, to multiply the grace that is at work in this house. I tell you, I'm a testimony that the grace that is in this house works. And I want you to lift your two hands to Jesus right now and begin to declare that that grace that is at work here, grace for intentionality, grace to be fired up and inspired, I receive in the name of Jesus. I will not live an ordinary life that cannot inspire people around me. I choose to live the life that will inspire genius in people that God will bring around me. Grace works. And I'm a testimony. I'm a testimony that grace works. Will you ask that God will fire you up with inspiration? Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Our Father, we thank you for the grace that is upon this house. We are the testimonies of your call over the life of your son and your daughter. We 